Welcome back to Out of the Rough, a fantasy golf podcast brought to you by We Know Fantasy. Again, last week I was uh, absent from the podcast, so Lenny and Sean held down the fort for me. Uh, I'm not going to ask Sean uh, what's going on or how he feels about my return, but I'll ask Lenny. Lenny, how we doing? You know, I'm doing good, and I'm, I'm very happy that you are back, Nate. You know, some of us don't appreciate your great company around here. Um, you know, I just want to say that I am one of those people, and I, I really do appreciate you blessing us with your presence this week. Man, oh, man, I don't know how to follow up with that. That uh, touched me in several ways. Some I cannot disclose on this podcast. Um, like I said, I'm going to skip over Sean. I'm going to ask him how he's doing. So let's just move along with this podcast. Uh, follow us on social media at Out of the Rough WK on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, visit our website, WeKnowFantasy.com, for more fantasy sports content, including football, baseball, basketball, NASCAR, you name it. We Know Fantasy Crew has you covered. So last week we had the Wells Fargo Championship at Quell Hollow. And of course, I was not there. So, Lenny, how'd you do last week? How'd your uh, suggestions from the pod do? Uh, so, Vincent Whaley made the cut, finished T26. The rest of my guys, I uh, all missed the cut. So, yeah, let's just move on. All right, Sean, I guess you can speak now. Nate, it's been great hearing your voice so far, and I've missed you greatly. So, um, thank you. I'm doing great, by the way. Um, my guys last week weren't doing so hot, though. Like, LJ, I had three guys miss the cut. Uh, I did have Rory, which was good because he won it. Um, and I had Phil, who took uh, 69th. So it was nice. I had the the guy who was leading the first day of the tournament and the guy who was eventually leading at the end. So I'll take those two for a win, but the rest were really uh, nothing to write home about. So well, we, I... we've called the uh, back-to-back first-round leaders and that both failed to win. So I guess we should just start playing first-round leader bets. But also, there should be bonus points on uh, DFS for finishing 69th, don't you, don't you think? <laughs> I think so, um, but they probably don't have it. <laughs> I don't think it's in the scorecard. Hey, DraftKings, hit us up. We can. Uh, we have some great suggestions for you guys. All right, this week we're at the AT&T Byron Nelson. New location this year, TPC Craig Ranch in McKinney, Texas. Uh, let's see, last year this did not take place because of uh, COVID and whatnot. There was a year in the four-year run, I believe it was, at Trinity Forest, that the event was cut short due to heat stroke, and something like 30 to 40 fans had to be attended to because of the heat and whatnot. Um, but yeah, here we are, new year, new course, TBC Craig Ranch. Uh, this is the first PJ event held at this course. Previously, pre- Previous professional events held at this uh, course was the Corn Ferry Tour Championship 2012, which James Hahn won. Luke List, Cameron Percy, and Bryce Garnett, or, yeah, Garnett, who are in this field, took part in that 2012 event. And Mark, Mark Leishman played in 20, not 20, 2008 at this uh, course, uh, as well on the on the Corn Ferry Tour. Typically, events held prior to a major, we see kind of limited fields, but we kind of have a, you know, a little step up from what we typically see before majors, of course, next week is the PGA Championship. Uh, we have the likes of John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, 
name a few. Justin jo- Dustin Johnson, excuse me, was slated to play, but he he withdrew due to a was it a knee discomfort or something like that. So those are some names to watch this week. This is a par seventy two. Expect some really low scores this week. We could see the winner shooting in, in uh, the minus twenty range. Uh, Rowlett Creek runs through this course and will test a field to either lay up or try to clear the hazard. Uh, this see this the, the creek plays in about half the, of the of the course or yeah half the holes in the course. And if we're talking statistics, some statistics to pay attention to are shots gained approach proximity one seventy five plus yards, par fours gained four fifty to five hundred yards. And shots gained off the tee. Lenny, we miss anything? The the creek plays in quite a few of the holes, but a lot of them guys aren't going to be hitting that far right or left. Hopefully, um, so I'm not too terribly concerned with it. There are some longer par threes. I think three of them are going to be over 200, and then there's the one that they're trying to kind of. Seems like convert into um, like how we've got at the waste management at stadium yep. hole with the par three. It'll be interesting to see how that plays. I wouldn't be surprised to see some low scoring um, from what I've seen. Trying to get as much of a look at the course as you can. It seems to be you know fairly wide open. A few tree lined holes. Uh, kind of just average size greens maybe a little bit larger than normal and so I think that there's definitely the chance to see guys go low some of the bombers can easily reach in two on the par fives there's one par four that's drivable which is kind of your typical Weisskopf design he loves a drivable par four on his courses um so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see scoring in the 20s, especially with a new course. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to try to kill guys before this major we have coming up next week. Yeah, um, and in reference to what you said about the par threes, the par fours in this course played long as well. Like I said, 450 to 500 yards while we'll some of these par fours. There is that one you can drive, but some of these play more towards par five. I think there's a par um, – was a par three they converted to a par four to make it a 72? Because previously, if you pay that par four as a par three, be 71. Uh, but yeah, besides that, Sean, any tidbits you have to add? No, I'm excited to see the course play since it's a, a new venue for the tournament itself. Yeah, and for us, it's it's kind of hard to go off of for our picks because, of course, this is the first time a PGA event has held this course, but also exciting the same. Uh, same sense. So, Sean, kick us off here. Let's go through our, our uh, suggestions at $10,000 plus on DFS. So uh, this might be a familiar pick for me um, or, or a, a trending pick for me in this range if this guy is available. I picked him in the one and done at the Masters. Um, but Jordan Spieth uh, is coming in at 10007 this week. Um, again, with uh, with Johnson not being in the field this week, he's he's a, t- a top guy, obviously, with, with Johnson in the field. But in my eyes, um, without him, he becomes even higher. Five top tens this year, 10 for 14 in cuts. So pretty, pretty solid in terms of that. In terms of the tournament itself, I know that it's at a different course, but he does have an average finish of 25 uh, coming in and 25th here so at, at an average. So that being said, he also started playing this tournament when he was 16. So 
just a just a note in that. Um, but he's been playing really good golf. The first of Valero, uh, again to mention the Masters uh, and the Pebble Beach, he was tied for third in both of those. So um, getting ready for the big tournament next week, I think he's going to want to really spark things back up and uh, and get going. And I definitely uh, think Spieth's a no-brainer for me. Yeah, hopefully he can he play some consistent golf and uh, not you know steer too far away from his former one on get himself ready for the PGA Championship and really get tuned in for that. So uh, exciting there. Uh, Lenny, who do we have here in this range? I just want to mention Spieth for a minute. Um, coming off of COVID, I was watching his interview. Oh, I forgot his positive test. Yeah, he hasn't played much coming into this tournament that being said he he was kind of on a run of the best form out of any player on tour you know going into the masters there and his finish at the masters looking this week i i don't think i'm going to play too awful much in dfs based off how i am constructing lineups but he's plus 250 for a top five plus uh 110 for a top 10 if you're looking at uh, the betting market, those are two bets I definitely like if you don't want to put the outright bet on them. That's I probably will make. But for me, even though I am a big proponent of fade the top guy, this week I'm going with Bryson. He's at 11-2. With DJ out, he's now our top guy in the field. I think just this course suits DeChambeau's game. It's going to be fairly wide open, so... You know, bombs away for Bryson, hit it as far as he can, kind of hope that his iron play picks up. So one thing that's kind of been holding him back a little bit, his iron play hasn't been excellent. However, we know he's a great putter, so we have some larger greens. So I think if he can just get himself onto these greens, his putter is going to do the work for him. I mean, he's someone who can easily go low. I just think the way he's playing, he's got a win at API. He's got a third and a ninth and two events before that. So he's playing great. He's fourth in par better scoring, I believe, on tour. The one thing is all par fives last week, he played uh, even total. That's not going to happen. I don't see Bryson going through the entire tournament playing the par fives even. So I think he finished ninth. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong there, but I think he finished ninth last week um, while going even on the par fives. I just don't see that happening again. There's no way that he isn't going five, six under at least on these par fives this week. So Bryson, I think, can be very dangerous. So I'm going him 11-2. I have to agree with you. I wanted to uh, pick him as my my guy here just because his course feels like it's just a – the Chambo course, like you said, the people will be laying up short of the creek on some holes, but he'll go beyond those and the driver will part fours and whatnot. So it's going to be a fun tournament to watch up uh, Bryson there. My guy is a familiar name for me, Daniel Berger, here at 10,000 exactly. He's 23rd in shots gained approach, 26th in proximity, 175 plus, and 29th in shots gained tee to green. He doesn't dominate any of the important statistics here, like I talked about when introduce, introducing this course uh, earlier on this podcast, but he's top 30 in three of the four important statistics. Last time he played was at the RPC Heritage, where he finished 13th. That was a week after he missed the cut of the Masters. 
uh, you know, obviously he's gonna be motivated about this. Want to want to uh, get ready for the PGA Championship and take a step forward in his young career. Uh, ownership of the top dogs, we can expect him to be high. Uh, so I'm going for a guy here, Daniel Berger, excellent golfer, a guy I'm a fan of, becoming more of a fan of as you know we take more deep dives into these podcasts and. I just like this guy's game for this course, and he's going to have a very good week. All right, so 9,000 to 9,900. We may have some uh, names here as I as I went through our group chat prior to this, but, Sean, who do you have in this r- price range? I'm going with Brooks Kepka. Um, I think he's somebody that uh, could have easily probably made an argument to be in that top range if he was a little healthy. I think he, we, we saw – a Brooks Kepka that we didn't see before at the Masters when, you know, with his interesting putting stances or how he read the green and, and his knee injuries. So it would be interesting to, uh, to see how he does here. Um, in 2016, he uh, had a, a runner-up with Sergio Garcia to this tournament. So he does have some history at the, at the tournament itself. Again, new course, but still that has to do something for it. Um, Price range for Bryce or for Brooks, I guess I should say that he's nine point nine, uh, four top tens and six for ten in cuts. Again, a light load for him this year with all the the injuries, but with somebody that caliber, I, I think you know he took a few weeks off from the Masters. You might be seeing something that is of old Brooks, and it'll be interesting to see how well he's tuned up because his favorite thing is coming up next week, and that would be the majors. So um, he's also twenty seventh in the FedEx standings. Uh, so any any sort of points that will help him out, seeing that he's been off for for a couple of weeks. So uh, I, I think Brooks might make a, a little bit of run for it. And LJ, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think for him as an outright bet, he's at a plus twenty three hundred. So um, some good odds there if you if you're interested in making any sort of bet on him. Yeah, plus twenty three hundred this week. Uh, what he's at now. Um, which I think is a great number for him because a healthy Brooks is a dangerous Brooks, especially going into some majors, um, which we have coming up in a week. But if he's healthy, even if he's not healthy, at plus 2,300, if he wins this week, you're going to see that number drop so much going into the championship next week. Yeah, uh, I can't, I can't, you know, debate about picking Kepka, especially here where he's under 10,000. So uh, a good pick there. And, uh, you know, with, with the PJ next week, trying to get things tuned up for what he does best. And that's show up at, at a majors. So Lenny, who's your pick here for me? Another familiar name, Matt Fitzpatrick. I've picked him a lot this year, played him a lot and he's performing. Um, I mean, He's, I think, 19th in scoring to the field average throughout this entire year. So kind of no matter where he's playing, no matter what the course is, like he's still scoring. He's still doing well. Um, I think five out of his last six events, he's placed top 11. Uh, I mean, if that isn't reason enough, but he's just one of those guys who's just consistent off the tee. He's not a long hitter, but he's a good ball striker, good with his long irons. And going into a course we don't know a lot of history about, we don't know too much about, you know, the wins in Texas can pick up. He's a good win player. I think just that consistency, the great ball striking, the accuracy that he has gives him a really high floor going into this week. 
where, you know, with a lot of unknowns, you know, maybe having a few safe picks in here, I think is going to help out uh, some lineups a lot. Well, I also have Matt Fitzpatrick in this price range. Uh, why do I have him? Because there are only two golfers on the tour who play par fours over 450 yards better than Fitzpatrick, and this course features six of those holes. So one-third of the course falls in line with Fitzpatrick's game. Uh, like I said, I'm, I, I, he's not the highest in ranked of shots gain approach or proximity 175-plus, but I cannot deny that he plays these par fours excellently along with everything Lenny just said. So, you know, at 9-5, Matt Fitzpatrick is also my pick here. So the 8,000 to 8,900 range, uh, let's kick it off here, Sean. Who do we have here and why? I've got Lee Westwood. Uh, he's coming in at 8-5, uh, some middle of the range, uh, two top 10s, nine for 13 and cuts. Um, you know, the Lee Westwood's kind of been a question since he's had those two top 10s, the back-to-back seconds earlier in the year. And, and I think, you know, his, his his game is obviously someplace that can take him to that spot if, he, if he's in playing the, the game that he can play. Uh, and obviously the trend of this week is, is obviously the, the tournament, but next week I think is really what everyone's kind of looking forward to. So a, a name like Lee Westwood, you know, tuning up for that tournament or turning, turning up for uh, what, what could be uh, a good tournament next week. I think at this range, finding someone at that middle of the range uh, is definitely going to be a helping hand for lineups that I'm looking for. And I think Lee Westwood's uh, definitely got the ability to, to make a move if he needs to. So Lee is my guy at this range. Yeah, he's already proven this year that he can compete. He can be up there in these type of tournaments. So we'll see what he does this week. And Lenny, who's your pick here in this price range, man? We're going with a, another Euro here, Thomas Peters. This is another guy who, kind of like Lee Westwood, you know, we don't see in a typical year very often. Uh, typically plays most of his games in Europe or tournaments in Europe. Uh, when he has played on the PGA Tour, he's played well. He's been playing great on the European Tour when he has played. But this is another pick, kind of like Fitzpatrick, where he has a solid all-around game, not a ton of weaknesses. Uh, but at the same point, he's not like excellent anywhere. Pretty solid off the tee. I think all time ahead. I think he's like averaging like around three ten off the tee. Um, so he's not a huge bomber, but he's long. And I think he's someone who will have a high floor, a little bit of a gut pick as well. But at eight, six, I'm willing to kind of, to ride with Thomas Peters. All right. All right. And I have Luke list here at eight, four. I shouldn't be doing this, you know, in terms of buying into previous rounds here at the TBC Craig ranch. Like I said, when I introduced this course, uh, the Corn Ferry Championship was held here in 2012. Luke List is one of those who took place here. But going off of playing a professional tournament here already, he's also 10th in the tour in shots gained tee to green. So an important statistic to this course, as well as familiarity, I know it's been eight years, so things have changed, but he's also risen in par fours, 450-plus recently, as he's ranked inside the top 70 in that statistic as well. So um, he's also, let's see, 81st on the tour in shots gain approach. Not the best, but he's he, he's not got awful. He's not the 100s in that statistic as well. So like the familiarity here at 8-4, I have to go Luke List. All right, guys. He's, he's another guy. I was going to say, he's another guy who can kind of bomb it a little bit. 
And I think a note I had about him, because I was looking at him a little bit, uh, he's 33rd, 33rd, oh, geez, 33rd and birdies are better on par fives, where I think a lot of the scoring is going to come from. So he's good on par fives. Um, but like you said, he has a little bit of a history. Could play. Could have a good week for him this week. Well, let's hope so. So two price ranges left here, 7000 to 7900 And Sean, kick us off here. I'm going to go with uh, Taylor Gooch. Um, Love it. Uh, he's uh, somebody I've been looking into. I uh, took tied for 26 at Wells Fargo last week. Um, had some solid finishes uh, in Texas. Uh, he came in fourth in Houston early this year. Tied for fifth at Players. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this piece or not. Uh, after, I believe it was last week's tournament, somebody tweeted out to him that they wanted to have a putt-putt match with him. And so he replied back and said, sure, I guess they put like 50000 on the line, or at least that's what the guy threw out. So if he's taking bets for that for uh, from somebody else, he must be pretty confident in his game. And uh, he, has been, he has been playing pretty decently. So um, I'm going to take Taylor Gooch in that, that price range for me. Taylor Gooch has some great karma coming to him because he was uh, in part of that Twitter know, war, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he was paying back guys who had bet on him that week. And so if when he missed the cut at Valspar and you had a bet on him, if you were sending him a picture of it, of your uh, bet slip, he was paying people back through Venmo. So he's got some great karma coming to him soon. Maybe it's this week. We'll find out. Yeah, love a good story like that. And uh, hopefully it pays off here just for Sean's lineup. So uh, Lenny, who's your pick in this price range? I'm going Brant Snedeker, a guy who's kind of, I don't want to say been missing on tour the past few years, but hasn't been making too big of a splash until recently and playing some great golf. In the last three events, he's gotten 11th and a 6th, plus you can count his 4th in the Zurich Classic. So, I mean, throughout the last four, if you want to count the Zurich, he's finishing the top 11, playing excellent golf. He's not someone who's kind of outstanding in any area or aspect of the game. He's good around the greens, um, you know, and that's where he kind of makes up a lot of his scoring. But, you know, he might have uh, some karma coming to him as well after hosting the Corn Ferry event last week, raising a lot of money for the Branson Etiquette Foundation. So I guess in the 7K range, we just have a, a lot of just great karma and great stories coming. For sure, for sure. So I'm going Tom, Tom Hodge here, going off the disc alone. Hodge is 19th on tour in Chotsky and approach, and 15th in proximity, 175 plus. He has been rather, let's say, inconsistent, I guess, with making the cuts at just 11 of 20 of 21 this season. But this course feels like one he can succeed at with his ball placement and striking. He's coming off of. Uh, uh, what was it? Two straight missed cuts. So I'm doubly down here in hopes that he actually sure. makes a cut. And at 7,200, saving myself some money here to spend up on a, another guy uh, in my lineup here. So we'll just hope these things play off and statistics actually play my favor this week. Tom Hoagie's a guy who I personally think, unless he's below 7K, he doesn't play well. As soon as he gets below 7K, all of a sudden, it's like he realizes his pricing on DraftKings drops below 7K and plays well. Um, I don't have any great fun stories for Tom Hoagie this week for a karma play. Um, 
But I don't know. It's Tom Hoagie. You never know what's going to happen at this low. Yeah, I'm sorry I ruined that whole you know, <laughs> 7,000 price range feel-good story run we had there, but someone had to do it. Yeah, that's all right. All right, guys. Final price range of the evening, the 6900 and less. You know, the the flyers that if you hit your hanger hat on and you kind of gloat about. So, Sean, who do we have here this week at the uh, AT&T? Byron Nelson. Well, last week I picked Rory McIlroy in the first range, and he won. So I'm going to try my luck at another Rory at the bottom range this time and go with Rory Sabatini. He's coming in at 6-8 this week, so a little higher end on that range, uh, somewhere we're probably looking for if you're looking for anybody in this range. Um, but realistically, that's the only reason why I'm picking him is because the name thing, I'm hoping that it works out well for me again. And uh, not that the course has anything to do with it, but he, in 2009, he did win this tournament. So um, he does have a, his name on the trophy already. So it'd be interesting to see if he can maybe add it to, to there again. Uh, but Rory Sabatini at 6'8 is my last pick. All right. Going with that Rory, uh, that Rory luck. Hopefully it rolls over this week. And uh, Lenny, who do we have in this price range? For me, I'm looking at Hank Leviota. He, uh, if you just kind of look at his results, it isn't anything spectacular. But the thing that I kind of look at is he, right, he missed three cuts in a row, but then took a few weeks off. And since he's come back and has played uh, his last two tournaments, he's made the cut, finished 13th at Valspar. And he's good at the long par threes as well. Uh, so I think that's going to be an area where people might be, uh, losing some strokes where I'm hoping that he can have, I don't know about gain strokes but at least you know stay net neutral through them he's he's 14th on the tour from a 200 to 225 in the par three and I know that's kind of cherry picking his stats trying to find a reason but at this low you know I kind of I'm just looking for a reason to play guys a little bit find a stat that's gonna fit the course that he's good at and hope that he can succeed in plus he's the last two events he's played well so i think lebiota is six nine for me all right if you want to talk about cherry picking stats to find a reason to play someone this price range i think i have you beat here i'm going fabian gomez at six thousand very cheap why am i playing this guy because for multiple straight weeks, he has set atop the tour's list of best golfers on par fours at 450 yards plus. Like I said, six holes here at this course are falling that category. So this is the tour's best in the past couple weeks in this uh, on these holes. So if he can play a third of the holes rather well, can assume he make the cut. And at 6,000, all I need him is to make the cut. That's it. And uh, you know, I'm not asking much out of him when he plays this type of course very well. Like I said, saving this money so I can spend up, you know, to plug in the final golfer in my pre- in my uh, lineup. So, you know, six thousand. You know, I usually don't go below six five, six six, but here I am this week. Yeah, that, uh, that one's that one's a, a deep dig. Hey, man, if I hit this, I have something to gloat about at least next week. That that is true. I mean, I I think you have the lowest um, lowest play on the podcast so far this year. So, was it the lowest? Go six thousand. Yeah, 
the low she goes, 6,000. But I don't think anyone, uh, I know you've had a couple of 6.2s and 6.3s. They haven't paid off for me, but, you know, my boy Fabian here is definitely going to do it for me. He's uh, he's plus 400 right now for a top 40. Ooh, that's a, that's a, that's easy money. Put your, <laughs> I guarantee you, put your money down or I will pay you back. Just as our, uh, our friend, uh, who was it? Taylor the Gooch. Yeah, Keller Gooch will pay people back. Uh, myself, Nate from We Know Fantasy will pay you back. Kidding, I will not, so don't, don't, don't click this and post anywhere. All right, moving on here. We're going to the, uh, the, 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 the homage of this podcast, the reason we exist, what we can hang our hat on, the Strokes Game Proximity, the course, SGPTG. Lenny, who'd you have last week? Last week we had Webb Simpson. He, uh, he took a WD. Um, so I guess it's just kind of how close you paid attention to your lineups to get him out of there in time. But he was a late withdrawal with an injury. So uh, this week, though, proximity to course, we're going with Cam Champ. He's a Texas A&M kid. Uh, I think he lives in Houston. But kind of the main reason why he's he's my pick this week is because every event that he's played on in the PGA Tour that has been hosted in Texas, he has made the cut. All right, so Cam Champ, he's coming in at 8,000 this week on DFS. He, he's my uh, proximity to the course uh, play this week. So, uh, you know, PJ, if you want to... If you want to use that statistic, we have a patent pending on that. Uh, hit us up. Hit our, contact our lawyers, and we make something happen. Yeah, we'll get something in the works. Yeah, we can. We can definitely make something happen. All right, guys. So one and done to wind down this podcast. Last week, I actually had some luck. I played. Uh, I played the third. The third place winner. I don't know how to say that, but that's what happened. So, uh, and Victor Holland, you guys both missed the cut. So, uh, I actually don't have to lead off this podcast here in the one and done, which is new to me. So, uh, I think, who is it? Lenny, you lead it off here? Yeah, I'm going to go. I uh, had a rough week picking Willie Z. Um, this week, though, we're going, we're going back to a personal favorite. You know, we, we played our ROM and our Palmer, so we need to go back to the favorites once again. Get that good ju- juju coming in before the the major of the PJ championship. So I'm going Matt Fitzpatrick this week. All right. All right. Matt Fitzpatrick, they're locked in. Sean, you're next. Who do you have? I am going to go with the 2016 winner of the tournament and Sergio Garcia. All right. Actually, on my sheet here for this podcast, I have Matthew Fitzpatrick written down which I'm not used to my picks being taken because usually I go first. So I guess i got to move away from Matt Fitzpatrick since you have him claimed this week. I'm going to go Luke List, just the history of the course, and some of the statistics fall in line here, and hopefully he does well for me. So Luke List is my one and done. I think, what are we at? Uh, Sean still leads by a, a bit here at, what, two point, let's say four mil. Lenny in second at one mil, and I have 900,000, so... Last week, I actually doubled my entire total from, what, the previous five or six weeks uh, with, with that Victor Hovland pick. So we're on, we're, on the, we're on the up here. So if you're Team Nate, 
Uh, I'm trying to put it out for you guys, and we'll get up there. Don't worry about us. So that's it for today's podcast, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Be sure to follow us on social media at Out of the Rough WK on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow or visit our website, WeKnowFantasy.com, for more fantasy sports content, including baseball, basketball, football, NASCAR, anything fantasy sports. We have you covered. All right, guys. Until next week for the PGA Championship, we'll see you.